Hello and welcome to the Anita Po Show, a Bitcoin-only podcast. The following is a recording of my interview with Elizabeth Stark at La BitConf, the first Latin American Bitcoin conference which took place in San Salvador in November. Elizabeth is the CEO and co-founder of Lightning Labs, a company that's building a financial network and infrastructure on top of the Bitcoin blockchain called the Lightning Network. I'm asking her about the possibilities to bring Bitcoin to billions of people, why Bitcoin is the most valuable internet money and how we will be able to earn Bitcoin via the Lightning Network and much more. As always, you can watch this episode on YouTube or you can listen to it in your podcast app. If you want to try something new, listen to it in a Lightning-enabled podcast app like the Breeze app or the Sphinx chat. It's also something with what we are talking about in this interview. And now a short word from my sponsors and then on to the interview. Enjoy. Living on crypto is easier than you think with Bitrefill. Choose from over 4,000 gift cards and mobile top-up options from around the world. I used Bitrefill to top up my phone when I was visiting Zimbabwe. It was easy, worked like a charm and I even earned sats back. Pay with Bitcoin, Lightning, Ethereum, Dash, Tether over Tron and many more options. No account is necessary. Join the thousands of users around the world who are living on crypto today using Bitrefill. Join now at bitrefill.com and start earning sets back with each purchase. That's bitrefill.com. Did you know that leaving your keys on centralized exchanges is extremely risky? Not only are you giving up your privacy, but you also give up total control of your funds. The best time to take back control is now. Go to sovereign.app and never again ask for permission to use your money. That's S-O-V-R-Y-N dot app. You are the CEO and co-founder of Lightning Labs and you're building the financial infrastructure on top of Bitcoin. It's called the Lightning Network. Can you please explain what the Lightning Network is and how it will add value to Bitcoin? First of all, how many people here have heard of Lightning or, or know this word? Okay, good. Well, not everyone. And I, and I like that because it's an opportunity to educate. So a lot of people know about Bitcoin and this idea of a store of value, right? You can buy Bitcoin, you can hodl your Bitcoin. And this is what we call Bitcoin the asset, really the ability to buy, to earn, to sell, to hold Bitcoin. But what Lightning enables is what we call Bitcoin the monetary network. And this idea that it's really this peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash, which actually comes from the original Satoshi white paper of Bitcoin. So 2008 on Halloween, October 31st, Satoshi Nakamoto, the pseudonymous creator of Bitcoin, sent an email to a mailing list where he, she, they announced Bitcoin. And one thing that I think is really interesting is nobody really cared at first. It took several days for the first response. But that response was actually, sounds really interesting, but I don't know if this can scale to the required size, which actually then relates to Lightning. So back then, 3rd January 2009, Bitcoin the network launches, and really I consider that the beginning of Bitcoin the asset. But the nature of Bitcoin is it's decentralized, right? We all love decentralization. 
And as a result, you have many people running nodes around the world, you know, something like 100,000 people running nodes. You have miners mining and securing the network. But the trade-off is, because you have this decentralization, you're not going to want to have all the transactions on the Bitcoin blockchain to get to the billions of people we'll talk about. So what Lightning enables is this layer two, a software layer, on top of Bitcoin for instant high volume transactions. It is decentralized. So one thing that's really key is, you know, we hear about certain blockchains or cryptocurrencies going down. Bitcoin does not go down. I mean, the uptime is incredibly high. The entire internet would basically have to go down for Bitcoin to go down these days. Lightning has many nodes as well, and it's decentralized and distributed. So with Lightning, you actually have, I think, something like 30,000 users today running nodes on the public network. Um, and you can transact in this decentralized manner instantly um, at a very high volume, many, many thousands of transactions per second with very low fees. So El Salvador, first of all, huge round of applause for El Salvador for being the pioneer. In adopting Bitcoin and Lightning. And by the way, if you had told me that six months ago, right, um, that there would be an entire nation, entire country that adopted Bitcoin and Lightning, I probably wouldn't have believed you. So, like, it's so incredible. Um, but Lightning enables these day-to-day -day transactions. It enables you to, say, pay for a coffee for a couple dollars and have the fee that's actually a fraction of a cent which is so much lower than the traditional financial system, which gives so many more people access. And one key element is, you know, especially in emerging markets in El Salvador, you hear the numbers, 20, 30% of people maybe have access to a bank account, but far more people have a smartphone, right? And Bitcoin and Lightning are open monetary networks that anybody can participate in and that anybody can build upon. And what Lightning provides is this interoperability and the ability for anybody with a phone or with a device or access to one, maybe their friend has one, and they can share it or something, to have access, which is, to me, the next generation of finance, and it's not the way that the traditional system works, and we're rebuilding this as a community. Yeah, I think Bitcoin is all about fairness and then fair and open access for everyone, regardless of gender, age, wealth, or whatever. So Bitcoin is not only the most valuable native inter internet money, it's also the greatest discovery in the evolution of money, I would say. Um, what makes Bitcoin so unique in the field of cryptocurrencies? Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, sometimes people say, well, why are you working on Bitcoin? I mean, why wouldn't you work on Bitcoin is my answer to that. But um, so, for example, Bitcoin was the first cryptocurrency. You know, the original paper um, from 2008, uh, launched in 2009. There's something really interesting that cannot be recreated, which is nobody cared at the beginning. It really grew organically from the ground up. There was no what we call pre-mine. You know, nobody was giving free Bitcoin, and there will only ever be 21 million Bitcoin. The Bitcoiners definitely, know, you know, know that in the room, and that's very key. But one thing that's so important about Bitcoin is that it has a very passionate community of people. By the way, there's no CEO of Bitcoin. We don't know who Satoshi is, and I hope that actually stays that way, because Satoshi, you know, we are all Satoshi, right, is the meme. And it has, I think today, and I was looking this up, something between 1 and 200 million users around the world. And it has this network effect, right? And what that means is, the more people that use Bitcoin, the more um, valuable the network becomes, and the more useful it is, because as more people join the network, there are more people you can send and receive to. So I have a good friend, Anita's done incredible podcast, by the way. Check out Anita's podcast, Bitcoin on Co. Um, so our, yeah, shout out to Anita. 
Actually, now it's called Janita Poshel, but thank you very much. Our mutual friend, uh, Lynn Alden, has written this incredible post around network effects. And what she says is, the fact that Bitcoin has all of these users already, and there's all this liquidity and people can transact with it, actually builds upon it and makes it more valuable. There's something we call Metcalf's Law. As each user joins a network, it actually exponentially makes that network more valuable. And for something to kind of come along and break an existing network effect, you have to be 10 times better. And I believe Bitcoin and Lightning are 10x, many more x better than the traditional financial system. By the way, I, you know, founder of a startup, we still have to deal with the traditional financial system. And every day I'm chatting with our head of finance and I, I tell her, buy Bitcoin. And that's kind of my joke for like, the traditional system is broken. We're recreating it. And actually, you know, Bitcoin is providing way more value. So Bitcoin has this network effect. Bitcoin has the users. And to me, the emerging markets are so key in this, right? So Latin America, I'm so bullish on the future here, on bringing this technology to people. And my co-founder, Lalo Rosbeef, he goes by the internet, no T, R-O-A-S-B-E-E-F, um, is Nigerian-American. He was actually born in Nigeria, came to the US when he was young. Nigeria is another incredible nation. 70% of the population is under 30. And they have something like 32% adoption of cryptocurrency, the majority of which is in Bitcoin. And to me, these use cases mean as more people join, it's more useful for people. And then you add lightning on top of it. And that actually, Lynn talks about the idea of a network effect on steroids, basically double network effect. Because the more users that join lightning, the more uh, channels, we call them, the connections between the nodes we have. And that actually then circles back into Bitcoin itself. So basically, there's only one Bitcoin and Bitcoin as mentioned, is you know, this incredible uh, evolution in terms of the financial sector, in terms of the economic sector. The way to think about Bitcoin is once you start going down the rabbit hole, you just learn about economics. You learn about money. You learn about uh, you know, computer science or technology or cryptography, incentives, um, the law. There are just so many angles to Bitcoin. And to me, it's this never-ending rabbit hole that's just so fascinating to learn about. So, yes. And it'll never get boring, by the way. So Bitcoin has proven itself as a fantastic store of value over the last 13 years. And many people say, holding the whole meme, we hold Bitcoin and we may never spend it. But why do you say um, you're building a monetary network on top of it? Why, why do we need that? Is it not enough to hold? I th so no offense to the hodlers and you know there are many of them and i consider myself one of them by the way and you know you can never have enough bitcoin is how i think about it um but i think that's actually a very a very privileged position because that's basically saying okay i have a functioning monetary system i have the ability to transact and to send and receive and there are many people around the world that don't have that ability so you know if you think about fiat currency well some of it you might save or maybe you're a bitcoiner and you convert it to bitcoin <laughs> and some of it you might spend and I think of Bitcoin as the same way, right? So I was actually recently at the Oslo Freedom Forum, which is a Human Rights Foundation conference. I shout out to my friend Alex Gladstein, who organized that conference. He had two days of Bitcoin workshops, and a number of people here were there. And the goal was to talk to people in the human rights community about why Bitcoin can be helpful for them. So for example, you had human rights activists from regimes where the government is trying to crack down on people. They're actually freezing people's bank accounts. You had people from regimes and governments where there was hyperinflation, or where the governments were forced converting currency, so you actually had no control over your money, and you would lose money because of the bad monetary policy of the governments. So to me, the idea that you can only hold your Bitcoin is a very 
privileged position, and maybe you have a functioning monetary system, but there are you know, billions of people that either live under authoritarian regimes or in these economies where you don't have a stable monetary system. So what Lightning unlocks is the ability to both send and, importantly, receive Bitcoin, because it's not just one way, unlike, say, the Visa system, where if you're using a credit or debit card, you're only really spending unless you're a merchant. Um, and this is really key to the idea that Bitcoin functions as a monetary network. Now, another question people often ask is, well, what happens when people, you know, don't understand that Bitcoin price goes up and down, there's volatility? You know, the long-term trajectory is Bitcoin goes up. Over any three-year period, I believe, Bitcoin has always been up, but it goes up and down along the way. Um, but actually, what I think is key is, you know, getting to this billion users, a lot of users may not know at the start that they're using Bitcoin. Um, you know, there are great apps out there, Paxful, Strike, for cross-border payments, where actually Bitcoin is helping people send money across borders. Oh, and by the way, the fees, um, and this is a really interesting uh, theme for El Salvador, there are reports that people can save $400 million in remittance fees using Bitcoin and Lightning. If you're sending $100, the fee could be something like 12.5%, $12.50. That, that's crazy, right? And it's interesting that the lower the amount, the higher the fees. It also works that way in the credit card system. So with Lightning and Bitcoin, many users might actually just be sending and receiving. Maybe they're going between their home currencies using Bitcoin and Lightning and then uh, transferring it kind of at the end point. But ultimately, much like the internet today, you know, many people are using, say, Google or Wikipedia, but they may not know about, you know, the underlying technology of TCPIP or HTTP. That's okay, although I'm all for more education and getting the word out there. But the way that I think about it is what the internet did for access to information, right? If you were in a small village, you wouldn't, say, have access to a library in the way that you would in a big city, right? The New York Public Library or, you know, a library here in San Salvador. Um, but that, then you could actually access it in the way on the internet where you could go to Wikipedia and have, you know, a variety of resources. I believe that Bitcoin and Lightning do that for access to the financial system, access to earning money, access to be able to spend this money if you have it. Um, it really democratizes it in a way that was not previously possible and that the incumbents, frankly, were not going to build that. The banks were not going to do this. We needed a new generation of people. Um, by the way, people all around the world, a lot of young people, but people of all ages that really deeply believe in this technology and they're passionate about it. Because by the way, Bitcoin does not have a marketing budget, right? There are all these coins out there, they have like a $150 million budget for, to give away. People, Bitcoin is a labor of love. People use Bitcoin because they love it and because it's something that they're so passionate about. And to me, that's really what makes Bitcoin special and unique. Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> And thank you to Bitcoiners for that. What I like so much about Bitcoin is that it, uh, it's a result of a grassroots movement. And I think it's still a grassroots movement. And I see that also in my work in uh, Zimbabwe, uh, for instance, people exchange Bitcoin peer-to-peer, -peer, meaning really in groups like Telegram groups and then meeting in person. Um, and I think that's very interesting and, and, and the way how it should be. And I came along a great hashtag the other day, which was saying, keep Africa unbanked. And I find, I find that fascinating, and actually that's the way it should be. Like, just use Bitcoin. You don't need a bank. Right. With, Bit with Bitcoin, you can be your own bank. But what does a bank even mean anymore? And the idea that people need to tap into the existing system that's so broken, it, we actually need to flip that on its head and say, no, actually, give people access, but you don't need to rely on the traditional system. Exactly. So you were talking about the network effect uh, of 
the Lightning Network before, like uh, Bitcoin on steroids. Um, I had uh, an interview with Andreas, and he, I said to him... Uh, Andreas Antodopoulos. Yes, of course, Andreas. <laughs> and I asked him how many Bitcoin are locked in the Lightning Network at the moment, and he said to me, I think they are not locked, they are unleashing Bitcoin. What do you say about that? Yeah, I, I, first of all, if you haven't heard of Andreas Antonopoulos, he's an incredible uh, developer, Bitcoin educator. I believe a number of his books are also translated into yes. Spanish, the Internet of Money. Uh, he has great videos, so check out his work. Uh, shout out to Andreas. I definitely agree. So the way that Lightning works is you actually have capital or Bitcoin on the Lightning network. It's, it's you know, committed to the network or deployed onto the network. And although not a perfect analogy and you know, want to get away from banks, but at a high level you can think about, okay, your long-term Bitcoin could be like a decentralized savings and then your funds on Lightning can be this decentralized checking or you know, um, debit card with instant transaction, just a way for you to send and receive at the highest level. So you have this money and capital on Lightning, and today in what we call public channels, the ones that are uh, publicly broadcasting or you can view them online, you have about 3,250, the coin I actually just checked, um, depending upon the day, about 200 million US dollars worth of Bitcoin. But there's one key element to that. So people say, and they look at some other protocols and say, oh, there are billions of dollars of kind of random tokens, but the nature of Lightning is you don't just want to put the capital in Lightning and have it stay there. That's actually not useful. You actually want a high velocity of money. You want the money to actually be transacting. And the way that we look at Lightning is you want efficient capital allocation. You need money in the right place at the right time to send and receive. So in an ideal world, and this is something right now at Lightning Labs, we're about you know, 24 people. We're growing. We're hiring, by the way. But um, this is something that we've been focusing on a lot. We're building the developer tools and the infrastructure that's powering, you know, we have our version of Lightning, our implementation called LND. There are a lot of other great developers. There's C Lightning, there's Eclair. Um, and we're actually looking at the idea of efficiently allocating this Bitcoin and Lightning so people can send and receive. So at the high level, with $200 million on the network, um, eventually and, and ideally, you could transact maybe 100 times that in a given day because the money can just keep going back and forth and people can keep sending and receiving. So let's say you had every minute, you know, the money being turned around. That would be key. Now, you know, we're not there yet. We're still, and by the way, shout out to Alex Bosworth on my team. He's our Lightning Infrastructure Lead and he's somewhat of a god in the developer community. I meet people all the time that say, I talked to Alex, he answered all my questions about, you know, coding and Lightning and running a node and he's really the expert in this space. He's done really incredible work. Um, but eventually, we're looking at the ability to automate this for actually capital on Lightning and Bitcoin and Lightning to be automated so that you can actually just move it around in the way that, that might happen in the traditional financial system. But there's one key point here. So on Lightning and at Lightning Labs, these products that we're building are non-custodial, right? And when you open what we call a channel, there are two participants, but it's not debt. And I think this is key. It's a full reserve system. And sometimes people from the financial world don't understand it's not credit. Lightning is you know, fully collateralized, full reserve. And what that means is we don't hold other people's money. And actually, as a result, you, know, you have the ability to hold your own coins. We've heard a lot of not your keys, not your coins here at this conference. Um, this, you know, the ability to have your own coins and to rely on self-custody is so key. Also, shout out um, to Breeze, Moon, um, Phoenix, and a number of great wallets in the ecosystems that are, that are building these solutions as well. Um, so the, uh, the idea that we can have non-custodial financial products 
is actually new, right? Before Bitcoin, the idea that, you know, well, a bank would lend you money, then you owe the bank money. Or maybe you would kind of buy stocks or something, but then there would be some brokerage that would hold that certificate or, you know, you don't actually hold it yourself. But here, we can build smart contracts. You know, Bitcoin does these smart contracts. Lightning actually itself is a smart contract system on Bitcoin. And at Lightning Labs, we have products. One is called Loop, helps you move. It's like an on and off ramp, move money in and out of the Lightning network using smart contracts on Bitcoin and Lightning. And then another one called Pool, where people can actually buy and sell liquidity, but it's non-custodial. So you're not actually, nobody's owing anybody money, but you're using Bitcoin smart contracts to either provide capital in the network or actually to purchase access to capital on the network, which to me is, is really key here in terms of the non-custodial development of Bitcoin products on Lightning. Okay, great. So I think one way to get, or the best way to get Bitcoin is to earn it. So as a freelancer, you could say to your uh, project um, organizer, manager, or whatever, uh, please pay me in Bitcoin. So now we were talking about earning sats. What are the products or projects that we'll see in the future for people to earn Bitcoin, and especially also for people in emerging countries to be able to earn Bitcoin? Right, and that's also a counterpoint to the people saying, I don't want to spend my sats. It's like, okay, maybe you don't want to spend it, although not everyone has you know, that privilege, but who doesn't want more Bitcoin, right? Like, you know, I think everyone does. So the ability to earn Bitcoin and Lightning is key. And part of that is, okay, let's say you were to use a traditional fiat or financial system. Well, if you're going to pay somebody, maybe, okay, they're performing a task and it's like, takes a minute and then somebody pays you 50 cents or a dollar. Um, try doing that in the traditional system. It's actually just good luck. Uh, you know, transaction fees, conversion, it's not going to happen. But um, there's an incredible uh, company called Stack. Uh, the founder is named Paul Ejoy. And they've built uh, a platform for people to perform what we call micro-work. So small tasks, they get paid uh, over Lightning with Bitcoin, and they have, I think, LATAM and Southeast Asia Philippines are big markets for them. And this opens up an incredible opportunity. There's also uh, an incredible project in Costa Rica, a women's shelter that one of my colleagues helped set up, where people are then, you know, they don't have access to the, say, traditional worker system, but they can go on stack and earn Bitcoin on Lightning. And it opens up the opportunity for anybody to do this. It doesn't matter where you are. I mean, you need access to the internet, right? But, and then some device. But beyond that, it really levels the playing field, which to me is the goal of this technology and this ecosystem. Um, there's also an incredible gaming community, and shout out to um, the really great uh, Lightning gaming community, including Zebedee, um, Goner Lab, uh, Satoshi's Games, Thunder Games. Uh, and now gamers are actually playing in tournaments and earning uh, Bitcoin over Lightning in games. And uh, for example, Brazil, uh, there's a big gaming community. And gamers are earning more over Lightning by gaming than they would, say, at a normal job. So now they can just be professional gamers with Bitcoin and Lightning and pursue their passion, right? Um, so there are a whole host of these opportunities for people um, to then, you know, earn content creators like yourself. So Breeze, um, Adam Curry, who calls himself the podfather, the father of podcasting. Um, Sphinx is the chat app uh, using the Lightning Network where you actually send chat messages over the network and you can embed Satoshi's lowest denomination of Bitcoin. Lightning, we think in terms of sats, Satoshi's, not Bitcoin, right? Um, and the ability uh, to stream Satoshi's and for content creators to earn, and then listeners, you know, they might say, okay, I'm listening to this podcast, I'll pay one Satoshi, you know, every 10, 20, 
30 seconds. And it's also very interesting in terms of the ability, well, maybe you see, okay, somebody drops off at the middle of the, the podcast or the song, and then you think, okay, next time as a podcaster, you, you might restructure it, and you can actually see where people are you know, excited. Maybe they give you what we call a boost. They give you more because they're excited about something you just said, or there's a song that they really liked. So the creator economy, again, opening up this opportunity where it doesn't matter where you are because everyone has access, is really key to the future of Lightning and enabling people to earn with Bitcoin. Yes, one of the great things you were mentioning, Sphinx Chat, where people can, like podcasters, have their own podcasts monetized, is also you have like a tribe. You have your own communication channel with your fans and uh, you prevent spam because uh, they have to pay a small fee in Satoshi's to get into the community. So you, you're preventing spam and scammers from your tribe, which is also a great uh, thing, I think. Right, and you, you create these online communities of people that are then passionate about your work. Exactly. So, and what will the, the effect of that all be in the future? What do you think? How, how will an economy like this look? <laughs> yeah, it's a great question, right? So the way that I think about what Lightning unlocks is there are two classes of use cases. So the first is use cases that weren't previously possible, and some of which might seem crazy, right? So there's the great website called poyofeed.com, which I believe is recently returned, where you actually uh, feed chickens chickens with a lightning network, right? So, uh, has anybody here fed a chicken? All right, nice. Uh, by the way, my team had a uh, long debate as to whether the chickens are real. I, you know, steadfastly believe the chickens are real. So uh, they are. There are no AI chickens, right? So kind of feeding chickens over, chickens over the lightning network, you know, being able to, you can actually see this live stream. Um, where they, and at one point they were getting really fat, by the way. Like they, they were, the chickens just got you know, Maybe too much that's food, because they are new right? chickens now. So, and that's one of those things where you're like, okay, that, that's fun. It's a kind of quirky. Um, another example, um, uh, an engineer by the name of Andy Schroeder, who uh, integrated lightning into his Tesla. He reverse engineered a Tesla. He bought it himself just because he loves lightning and Bitcoin. Reverse engineered it and then uh, integrated lightning into the charging for his car. And by the way, uh, Elon Musk, I've tweeted this to him many times, so maybe other people want to tweet it to him. But um, Lightning already works with Teslas, you know, with what this developer and engineer built. So he was able to then use Lightning to charge his Tesla and integrate it. So there's the kind of future self-driving car pays for, uh, you know, to charge itself. And that's already the, you know, the present today in terms of what's out there. Um, the idea of machine-to-machine -machine payments, uh, Lalu, my co-founder, has um, developed this technology he calls LSAT, which is kind of like a you know, technical term, but at a high level, the idea is you don't need a username or password anymore for a website. And like, by the way, why are we giving our personal information? Like, why does every website that I use need my email? That then they're going to inevitably, we're, as people were discussing on the privacy panel, like leak it, and then your information's out there. Um, you can authenticate with a payment in and of itself instead of a username and password. So for things that are digital, obviously if you need, if you're ordering something online and they're shipping it to you, okay, you need a place to ship it to. But things that are purely digital, like subscriptions online, or say APIs, you can actually use Lightning to authenticate um, with the payment in and of itself. And then say the server will know that it's been paid and then you can do this repeatedly over and over again. So the fact that Lightning can have so many transactions, sometimes people say, well, why do you need, you know, hundreds of thousands of transactions per second, or you know, theoretically many more. And, the, and credit to Taj, who was on the panel earlier, um, you know, 
he would say 100% of machines are unbanked, and of course we don't even want the bank, right? But um, the idea is that machines don't have bank accounts, but they can use Bitcoin and Lightning to transact, and you can actually have the ability for, say, APIs and other devices in the future to be able to use this technology. Yeah, so there are multiple network effects, right? On, like, to the ones you mentioned already, also the network effect in developing new projects on top of Bitcoin. I think the Lightning Network has brought a new platform for innovation. Definitely. Um, so the developer community is so key. I know we're going to hear more soon about you know, building out the developer community. And the way that I think about it is, you know, in protocol development, and credit to the incredible developers that are building on Bitcoin Core, building the implementations of the Lightning Network, there aren't actually that many of them, you know, maybe a couple dozen full-time developers. But in terms of application developers, you know, there are thousands upon thousands. And we, every day, I mean, just here at LabitConf, I've met so many new people that are building on Lightning, that are building new applications. And the goal is to make it really easy to build on Bitcoin. Because you have the instant transactions, because it's high volume, because the fees are very low, um, much like what the, you know, HTTP, the World Wide Web did, you could create websites. The goal is really to do that for money with Lightning and just to, you know, make it way more accessible. So we at Lightning Labs are building more developer documentation. As mentioned, we're building the infrastructure, the technology for developers to bring it to the end users. Um, you know, there's a lot more to be done. Um, Leo on our team has been doing developer docs. Hannah on our team is doing videos. Um, and there's a lot of great just developer tools and developer outreach to make it as easy as possible to build on Bitcoin. Yeah, great. So can I tell us a little bit about the, the numbers or the adoption and the growth of the Lightning Network in the last year? Yeah, it's been incredible. I mean, the charts are just like up and to the right. And, you know, I actually, I was talking to Anita yesterday as we were uh, preparing for this session, and I told her that I actually had a little bit of a personal crisis earlier in the year. And that crisis was about this whole idea of number go up. So in the community, there's a meme number go up, and it's about the Bitcoin price going up. And, you know, ultimately, because it's so useful for people and because we're bringing it to billions, the number will go up. But for me, the goal of what I'm working on is not so a billionaire can find another job, right? And there was a lot of frenzy and a lot of hype earlier in the year. And so I, as a Bitcoiner, I like memes. So I created a counter meme, which is a number of people go up. And Bitcoin for billions, not billionaires. And the idea here is the future of Lightning and really what we've seen over the past, you know, like 11 months of this year is about bringing it to the broader population. So shout out to Plebnet. It's a community of people running nodes. They have many thousands of members running nodes, which are like servers, for the Lightning Network. It's self-custodial. Um, Umbrel is a great project. Raspi Blitz, Start9. There are a number of these projects that help people run these nodes. And we've just seen you know, the charts go up in terms of capital on the network, in terms of you know, there was 1,000, then 2,000, 3,000. Right now, we have 3,250 Bitcoin. And by the way, we do count it in Bitcoin because these are long-term people typically putting their Bitcoin onto the network. Um, we have just many more nodes on the network. We have something like 80,000 public channels. We don't know the private channel numbers, um, so it's even greater than that. And then we also have the adoption and the integration. So you know, we've seen, uh, shout out to Paxful. I know they're doing uh, some great Bitcoin education here in El Salvador. They integrated Lightning. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Paxful. Um, they have seven to eight million users which has been incredible to see. Um, we had early exchanges, OKCoin, um, Bitfinex, uh, River.com, and a whole host of other people uh, in terms of exchanges, in terms of wallets, the whole ecosystem. We have um, chat apps, 
gaming apps, content creator related things, uh, bit refill, open node, ebex, and just so many people that are enabling, say here in El Salvador, people to you know pay with Bitcoin, uh, to send and receive with Bitcoin. And then to me, it's like the amount of progress we've had. I mean, I've met people here at La Bitconf where you know I they have so many projects working at Lightning that I hadn't even heard of. In the beginning, we knew everybody. Now I'm like, oh my goodness, like there are all these people out there. I'm excited to meet them all. And um, you know, the future is like the internet. You know. Soon we're not going to be able to know everyone, and we already don't, and that's the point, because Bitcoin and Lightning unlock all these new opportunities, and it's like, you know, as Andrea said, the internet of money, and like the internet, it's providing access to all, and I just want to thank uh, the community here, shout out to Galois, Bitcoin Beach, um, the folks in here in El Salvador for paving the way and really being the pioneers, and you know, making this path. That's why I'm here. I'm really excited to come back. I'm excited to meet the whole community because you guys are the pioneers. So thank you. Yes. Bitcoin is the future. Thank you. Thank you. That's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this interview and learned something new. Please subscribe to my show here on YouTube or in your podcast app and see you next week when it's time for the Anita Posh Show.